Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Go with me to the book of Philippians. Philip 2, Philippians. It's not funny, Brandon. Philippians chapter 2. Garrett Jones got it. Thank you, Kai. Uh, Philippians chapter two is where we're going to go tonight. And we are in the very last week of a collection of talks, a series we've been doing called Disciple. I know not catchy, uh, not creative, not cool, but we've been talking about simply that word. What does it mean to be a disciple? Now, if you haven't been here, I'll catch you up very quickly. The whole premise of this series is that Jesus is not primarily interested in you being a believer. We, we live in a culture, we live in a world where we often think, yeah, like the goal is just to believe in Jesus. But the Bible tells us actually, even the demons believe in Jesus. The goal is not primarily belief. The goal is discipleship. The goal is to be a disciple. Matthew 28, 19 through 20, Jesus said, go into all the world and don't just convince people to believe, but make disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is a devoted student. It's one who has been so convinced on the inside that Jesus is more than a concept and an idea, but he's a real person, that Jesus actually literally physically came from heaven to earth, the son of God, and he put on skin and bones. He became man. He lived the perfect life we could not live. And he, he, he paid the price for all of our sins, dying the death that we deserve. And it's in his, his life, his death, his resurrection, that we have salvation, forgiveness of sins, actual life to the full, that we so believe in him that we've given our whole life to say, we, we, we will follow you. No, I don't just, I don't just believe in you. I'm, I'm so infatuated or in love and I've been so convinced of your reality. You are the way, the truth, and the life that I will follow you. A disciple is a devoted follower, a student of the teachings and the teacher. And we, we've talked in this series what, what that means, what that looks like. Jesus said things like, if you want to follow me, you got to deny yourself. You have to say no to self and take up your cross and actually follow him. Talked about how Jesus really is interested in, he wants our heart. He's not looking for vain repetition and religious behavior. He wants our passion. He wants our heart. And we talked about last week how we have to be willing to change, actually change our thinking and our way of living to make room for a fresh encounter with him. And tonight, as we finish our series, I want to talk about um, something that maybe gets overlooked often, but it's being someone who loves other people the way that Jesus first loved us. The scripture I want to read, it's not the main scripture, but John 13, 35 says this. It says, the words of Jesus, he says, by this, all people will know that you are my, someone say it, disciples. disciples. He goes, by this, everyone will be able to tell you're my followers, you're my disciples. If you have love for one another. Notice Jesus didn't say everyone will know that you're a disciple, that you're a follower by the way you dress, by, by the way that you stand up on the lunch table and scream, turn or burn. No, he said, people will be able to tell. People will see the marked difference in those who are disciples just by the way they treat one another. I'm going to read this to you, Philippians chapter 2. We're starting in verse 3 tonight, and I'm going to read kind of 
uh, a chunk of scripture, but uh, it'll, it'll all go together. Philippians chapter two, verse three, reading all the way through verse 11, Paul, he's writing and he says this. He says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for your own interests, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus, who, even though he was in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, one of my favorite words in all of the Bible, therefore, therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name, which is above every other name. If you're taking notes, you can jot this down. The title of the sermon I want to preach tonight is simply this, WWJD, WWJD. Uh, Brad was so kind to actually, you know, spell it out for you uh, in case you thought it meant what would Justin Bieber do. Um, but WWJD, anybody tonight, are you wearing a WWJD bracelet? Anybody? A anybody? We got one right here, which is one. one. Okay, I don't know. This is like probably dating myself like how old I am. Um, but I remember when the WWJD bracelets came out. Um, this has been like a thing for a while. If you've been in church any length of time, uh, you've probably seen a bracelet or a t-shirt. But this phrase, WWJD, stands for what would Jesus do? This, this reminder, this mentality, this mindset to go in every situation, I, I should be thinking, what, what is it that, that Jesus would do? What I want to talk about tonight is that really when it comes down to it, being a disciple, someone say disciple. disciple, being a disciple is simply being committed to live a life that looks like Jesus. Have you ever been confused about what it means to actually like become spiritually mature? I don't know if you've ever like had this conversation before, you maybe even thought about it, but, but there's a lot of people that are confused when it comes to spiritual growth. Some people are like, all right, spiritual growth, I wanna grow spiritually. That means be becoming more spiritual, right? Like, like I need more of the Holy Spirit and I just like, I got to get like a little more weird and more religious. And some people are like, nah, it, it's more about intellect. Like you got to learn more scripture and you got, you, you got to be more in tune with all the different ways and words of Jesus. But when it comes down to it, being a disciple, growing spiritually, it, it, it really boils down to just being an imitator of Jesus. The whole goal of following Jesus is to live like, look like, love like Jesus. And I want to look tonight and talk about in Philippians chapter 2, the way that Paul describes what it looks like to live like, look like, love like Jesus. And what I want to do tonight is I want to give you three different ways to think. Look at your neighbor and say, it's all about thinking. Come on, look at your neighbor. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, it's all about thinking, man. It's all about thinking. See, because in Philippians chapter 2, what, what Paul says, and, and I'll go real quick to verse number five, what Paul says, he says, let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus. This whole passage, Philippians chapter two, three through 11, he goes, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Um, anybody besides for me, show of hands, have you ever 
tried to copy or imitate someone before. You ever? Um, so may, maybe it's not just me, but uh, I've kind of always been like a big copycat. Anybody you're bold enough to admit you're kind of a copycat? Like you just, uh, some of you are like, ah, kind, kind, I, I'm a copycat. From as early as I can remember, um, I can remember looking at people and being like, whoa, that guy is cool. I want to be like him. And are you embarrassed about any, any of the, uh, the fashion trends that you used to like give yourself to? Um, like I, I used to copy some stupid stuff. Like, let me give you a couple examples. Um, I think the dumbest example is I remember when I was in fourth grade. Anybody, do you remember fourth grade? Some of you are like, yeah, it was like two years ago. Um, I remember when I was in fourth grade, uh, there was a sixth grader at our church. I don't remember his name, but I remember this dude wore like baggy shorts. He, he, he was like super tan. He had like, like is, is, I hear the middle parts coming back. Is that a thing? Like this is, I'm seeing this on, on like the middle part, like kind of long hair. But the thing that I'm like, whoa, this dude's next level. He had braces. I, I don't know what it was. But I was like, God, I got to get some braces. I want, bra- I remember going to my mom and be like, mom, can I get braces? She's like, why? Be- I just, I, this, this is so embarrassing. I actually at one point took like paper clips and tried to make like braces. <laughs> to, it's like, like how, st- I've never had braces, but I hear they're terrible. Are braces actually terrible to like, I wanted braces so bad because I'm like, I just, I want to look like this kid. There, there, there's another like phase, this kid named Ryan Klaus. He was another like older like guy at our youth group. And I'm like, oh, he's so cool. Um, he used to wear his baseball hat. Like I would, I would steal your hat gear, but I don't want to mess it up. Um, he used to wear his baseball hat and like bend the bills so far that it's like, you couldn't see his face. It's just like, and so there's so many pictures in, in my, like, this is an old thing, but like in my mom's photo albums, any of your mom sells photo albums? It's like, no, bro, they have iCloud, not albums. But like my mom has photo albums and there's a whole collection of pictures of me where you cannot see my face. I look like I'm robbing a convenience store because my bill is so, but I just, I wanted to be like, I think there's something in all of us to some degree that we're, we're imitators. And I think that's because we were actually designed to be imitators. There's the scripture, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, Paul writes this. He says, imitate me as I am of Christ. Another translation says, imitate me the way that I imitate Christ. In other words, there's something in us that was designed to replicate. This is why there are things called trends. This is why things go in and out because somewhere along the line, something catches on and everyone starts imitating. Paul goes, there's this thing in us that, that, that wants to imitate. And he said, my suggestion is that you imitate me, not me necessarily, but you imitate the way that you see Christ in me. We've been called to imitate Jesus, but the Bible tells us it's not so much just in like what we do. It's imitating him in the way we think because everything comes from your thinking. I was talking to someone today and uh, this person, um, like people actually like this person. People like, people think highly of this person. People think this person is an awesome part of our church. And I'm sitting there and we're talking and this is what they said. I, 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 I just think that, I think that no one even notices me. I think that no one even cares. I, I, I think that no one really loves me. And I'm looking at this person like, you are, you're crazy. 
Like I know so many people in our church and our community that they think so highly of you and they love you and they think what you do, like it's a big deal, but their thinking has determined their whole lifestyle. Your thinking matters. And so Paul goes, don't just imitate like what you saw Jesus do, but let's start here. Let this mind, let this thinking be in you that first was in Christ Jesus. And he gives kind of three things. I'm gonna give them to you pretty quickly tonight. Number one, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. You you gotta think this way. You first, me last. You first, me me last. Paul says this in Philippians chapter two, verse three. He says, Philippians chapter two, verse three. He says, let nothing be done. Someone say nothing. He says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let us esteem or think about other people better than ourselves. I can go on to verse four. He he says, let each of you look out not only for your own interest, but also for the interest of others. The first thing that we see modeled in the life of Jesus is a mentality that walks into every room, that walks into every situation and goes, no, 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 you first, me last. No, 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 this is not about me. Hey, your needs, then my needs. Your interests, then my interests. What, what is a big deal to you, then what's a big deal to, to me. Anybody besides for me, you could really struggle with this. Like, I don't know about you, but I have this thing in me called the me monster that I think about me, 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 all the time. Can, can I get an amen? Anybody else think about yourself? Like, like, I, like all the things that I, I think about, I, I feel like a bad dad sometimes um, be, because when my kids want to eat my food, I want to injure my children. <laughs> Why? Because it's my food. Like, hey, we, no, no, no. I, like, like, like this morning, I made you a bagel. I, I made you, like you got snack. Don't touch my, why? Because, because we, we, we think about me. Have you ever been driving in the car and, um, and someone turns something on the radio that makes you want to jump out of the car? And it's like, whoa. Like, so again, I, I know I have kids. I get it. I'm old. Mike already told me at the beginning of the night um, a certain fashion trend. I'm like, what do you think about that? He's like, ah, I mean, it's cool, but like not for your age or anything. And um, so I, I get it. I have kids. I'm old. Whatever, bro. Um, but, but, but like in the car, I don't want to listen to kid music anymore. I'm so over VeggieTales. We're driving to school this week and I'm turning on my music. And everyone said, can we? And I said, No. We're listening to, why? Because something in us is so me-centered. But when we look at the life of Jesus, Jesus didn't live like this. Jesus, he, he didn't think like this. Je- Jesus, he, he continually lived in a way that, that he approached everything and everyone in a, hey, you first, me, me last. Number two, you can jot this down. Second way that, that we see our thinking should be is that, that we should think this way. How can I, how can I serve? Hey, I'm like, I'm here. I'm a part of this, but how can I, how can I be a blessing? How can I serve? I want to read this verse to you again. Philippians chapter two, verse four says this. Let each of you look out not only for your own interests, 
but also for the interest of others. In other words, Paul goes, like Jesus did, approach every situation in this way. Hey, how can I serve? How can I be a blessing? How can I, how can I contribute more than I take? I want to serve, not just, not just be served. I want to read you the scripture, Luke chapter 17, verse number 10. Jesus says this in Luke chapter 17, verse 10, he, he's speaking and talking about um, uh, servanthood. And this is what he says. He says, so you also, when you've done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. Now, we didn't read the whole parable, but Jesus is telling a parable and, and he says, servanthood, it doesn't look like this. Hey, man, you owe me. Has, has anybody ever gotten irritated because you felt like someone owed you something they didn't give you? Uh, for those of you who drive, do you ever suffer from road rage? Do, do, you, do you? I have one form of road rage, okay? One form. You can cut me off, not a big deal. Totally cool. You can steal my parking spot. Hey, good on you, man. Be, be, be blessed. But my one form of road rage, when I am, matter of fact, it's not just road rage, it's like, public rage. I just get like so mad. When I extend you a courtesy and you do not say thank you, I, I want to do the opposite of be courteous. Like when, when, when I'm in a public place, it's ever happened to you and I open a door for someone and they don't acknowledge that I opened the door for them. I'm like, Hey, <laughs> screw you, man. Like hope you don't come to church. I, I just, I like, it makes me so mad. When I'm driving in the car and, and it's like the, the little stuff and I let someone over and, and they don't even acknowledge that I let them over. I'm like, okay, now we're about to bumper cars and I'm going to mess your Ford F-150 up because I just, I, you owe me. And Jesus is, he's talking about servanthood and he goes, hey, just, just live life from, from, from this premise. Jesus has given me everything that I did not deserve. Jesus gave me everything that he possibly could that I didn't deserve any of it. And therefore my life is lived in response to serve people. My, my life is lived in response to bless people and serve people and give myself for people with no expectation of any kind of return. I'm not serving because I wanna be served. I'm serving because I'm living out of the gratitude that Jesus has given and done everything for me. There's another scripture I want to read to you. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. Jesus is speaking and Jesus says this. Matthew 20, 28. It should be on the screen at some point. Uh, it says, even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Okay, rhetorical question time. When you walked in here tonight, when you got out of your vehicle, whether you drove or your mom brought you, that was rad. <laughs> when, when you walked in tonight, did you do so thinking, how can I serve people tonight? When you got out of your car, when you walked in here tonight, did, did the thought cross your mind? I wonder how I could encourage somebody. I wonder how, how I could be a blessing to someone who's here tonight. When, 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 when you walk into your classroom at school 
the thought ever crossed your mind. It never crossed my mind, but I needed a lot of help in high school. Did, did, did the thought ever cross your mind? I wonder if there's any way that I can serve my teacher today. I, I, I wonder if there's anybody in my class or anybody in my school or anybody on faculty or staff that actually they're not having the best day or season of their life. And the way that I can demonstrate to them the love of God is by serving. My dad used to have this saying that drove me absolutely crazy. Your parents have stuff they say that you, like you have a sneaky suspicion you're gonna remember it forever, but you hate it right now. My dad used to always say, Someone's still working, job's not done. Oh, it drove me crazy. Be, be, because like someone would be cleaning the kitchen table or we'd be doing a project or something and like he's, and I'd, I'd be like, all right, time to sit down and watch Sports Center. He'd be like, hey, if someone's still working, job's not done. AKA, why is your mentality to go, hey, I'm, I'm done. I, I did my part. I, I did what's required of me. I'm, why is it your mentality not to go, hey, how can I serve? Bible says Jesus, he did not come to serve, to be served. He came with the entire intention and purpose of saying, I'm here to serve humanity. You know what's so interesting is we often, we often, we don't think about serving other people because we don't think about people as as being more important than us. But think about how, how ridiculous this is. Jesus is the creator of all the universe. I mean, he, Jesus is the son of the living God, and yet he came to serve broken humanity, a large majority of which will, will, will reject him and send him to the cross. Paul says, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ, not to think of yourself more highly, but to put others first, you last, to serve. Number three, you can jot this down. We'll, we'll close right here. Third, third, third way of thinking is this, that no sacrifice is too great. No sacrifice is too, too great. Has anything ever happened to you before that, um, that was like so, so awesome that it almost made you feel a little bit bad that it, that it was happening to you? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like anybody ever given you a gift that was just too much? Like, you, like you, they give you a gift and you're like, oh my gosh, I was just talking bad about you yesterday on Instagram and now you're, thank you. I, I remember there, there's a couple in our church and um, they, uh, they, they texted us and said, hey, can we take you out to dinner? I love dinner. That would be the best. Yes, you can. And um, my, my wife and I were both pastors. You know that. Um, but most of the time when people from church are like, hey, we, like, we want to have dinner with you, it's usually because, hey, we have an issue or a problem and something, and we need you to like, maybe give us some pastoral advice. We're like, yeah, well, like, absolutely, bro. Like, we'll, we, will, we will do dinner. We get to dinner, and, um, and they said, hey, so this was like uh, two years ago, two and a half years ago. And they said, hey, so we, we heard that you're pregnant we were pregnant at the time, uh, with your third baby. That'd be Graham, Grammy D. And uh, hey, we heard you're pregnant with your third baby. And um, we just felt like God tell us that, I don't know, you, like, you might need a different car. Actually, we do need a different car because our car does not have the ability to hold three cars. That's, that's awesome. Um, so, so we just, like, I, we don't know if this is like, if this will even help, but we just felt like God wanted us to give this to you. And they slid across the table 
$20,000 check. And, and it, came, it came with this. This is to purchase whatever new car you need for your family. And we, we want you to know, not because we want you to feel bad, but we're kind of like draining our savings account to do this. But we want you to know because we want you to pray for us. We're doing this because we know God was speaking to us. If you will trust me and give it all, I will give you much more in return. That's a sacrifice. Bible says this, Philippians chapter two, verse eight, it says, he humbled himself and being found in human form, he, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Brandon, why, why is it that it says even death on a cross? Because what was known in this day is that the cross was the most brutal torture device that human mind had devised to this point to not just kill someone, but to torture them in an excruciating way in a public fashion that not only brought physical pain, but brought complete and total public shame and humiliation. Paul says, you wanna talk about sacrifice? You, you, you wanna talk about living in a way that legitimately says, I'm, I, you first, me last, I am here to serve. You wanna talk about sacrifice? Jesus humbled himself to the point of saying, I, I know that you can't do this, humanity. I, I know that you, you are an heir, you have sin, you have fault, you are far from me. There's no way you can get back to me. So I will come and I will live the life you cannot live and then I will, I will take your place and I will give of my life you. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying we should live in a way that says there is no sacrifice that is too great. Can, can I ask you a question? What limit have you drawn in your heart when it comes to serving people? Do, do you have a limit? Do, do you have a limit that's like, hey, man, I will, I will serve, but I mean, that's asking a bit much. Be, because according to scripture, Jesus modeled for us when it comes to serving people, when it comes to serving humanity, when it comes to stepping in and being obedient to Jesus to help people and, 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 and be there for people, there is no sacrifice that is too great. Okay, hold, hold up. But if I go me, me last, you first, or you first, me last, if, if I walk into every situation, I go, hey man, I'm here to serve, if, if there really is no sacrifice too great, anybody else thinking what I'm thinking? What about me? What about me? Okay, that's great, bro. Who's gonna serve this guy? Who's gonna give to, to this guy? I wanna read you this last scripture tonight. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 through 25. It says this, one who gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Yet there's another who withholds what he should give and only suffers one, want to read that again. Solomon says, there is one who gives freely and yet he only grows all the richer. But there's another who withholds what he, someone say should. 
what he should give. What, how, how do I know when I should give? When you know Jesus is asking you to give. It doesn't mean we just go around just like giving everything to everybody. No, we just posture and go, Jesus, I will serve people. I will give whatever you ask me to give, whether it's a check, whether it's my time, I, I will give whatever you ask me to. There's one who withholds what he should give, but he only suffers one. Verse 25, I love this scripture. Verse 25, it says, for whoever brings blessing, I don't know about you, but I wanna bring, be someone that I bring blessing. It, it, could, could that be said about your life just while we're on the topic? Like when people think about you, it's like, oh yeah, man, so-and-so. Bro, every time they're around, it's like they bring blessing. It's like they, they bring a good attitude. It's like, it's like they, they bring this mentality where, where they, they wanna serve. One who brings blessing will be enriched and one who waters will himself be watered. In other words, the Bible says, God makes us a covenant promise that we will never outgive him. We will never outserve him. We, we, we will never out generous God. No, the Bible says him who waters, him who gives, God will always double down and ensure that God pours even more blessing, more increase upon that person. Here's the question tonight though. Do you, do I, do we trust God? Do we trust God? Why did I tell you that story about the person who gave us that, to us, very large check? Because I, true story, I was very thankful for the check, by the way. Um, but I didn't go home thinking about $20,000. I, I didn't go home like, whoa, $20,000. I, you, you, I remember we, we went to a little Mexican restaurant off South Boulevard. We got dollar tacos on Thursday night, carne asada. And, and I, I remember the tacos, but I remember driving home almost on the inside being jealous, jealous of them. Be, because you, you know what I realized as I sat across the table and they told us the story? God, I don't trust you like that. I, I don't have that kind of faith in you. I don't have that kind of trust in you. Here, here's a sweet couple in a church that goes, yeah, this is everything. This is our whole savings account right now. And um, we're freely giving it because we just felt like God say that if we'll trust him with everything we have, that he will generously pour even more upon us. I went home like, God, I wanna, like forget about money for a second. I just wanna trust you with my life like that. I wanna serve people like that. I wanna so have faith in God that I can say you first, me last. Hey, to, hey tonight, I'm just here to serve. You, don't worry about me. That there's no sacrifice too great, too great when it comes to loving people and serving people because I just trust. Oh, me? God's got me. God will take care of me. God, God's always looking out for me. He's more than enough. And there's no way I can outgive him. I wanna trust him like that. What happens when we begin to live this way? We begin to experience the overflowing blessing and generosity and goodness of God like never before. Why? Because the Bible goes, he who waters, he watered himself. You know, you know, you know what I don't want to ha ha have happen though? And this is where I feel like a lot of people get stuck. Proverbs says there's one who withholds more than is right and he suffers want. He ends up living a life where something's missing. I actually 
Why is it that the more I hold things close, the more I, I feel like, like I, don't, I don't have the things. I think God's talking more about an internal condition. There's something in here that's just not. Why? Because we were, we were created to live like, look like, love like Jesus. How, how will we reach our world? How will we win people? How will we show the world Jesus? It is not just through preaching to them. It's through living, looking like, and loving like Jesus. I want to love people. I want to serve people. And I want to be generous with my life in helping people to see, not just hear, but to see. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.